everyone, and welcome to itsyourseason.life, where we are discovering and living life at any age. I'm Lisa Boson, and I'm here to introduce you to people like you and me who have rediscovered themselves, stretched their abilities, and to me, kept their light under a bushel basket. I hear their stories and think, wow, that is so cool. These are ordinary people doing the extraordinary. So what are we doing? Well, you know how you'd love to hear your peers succeed, get inspired by those who just try? That's us. That's itsyourseason.life. Don't forget to follow us on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm there sharing weekly updates and, of course, what's in season, be it people, food, feelings, and nature. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is our first podcast on September 2nd. 2020 and I'm so excited to have Stephanie Miller with us today. She is amazing. I have known her for gosh we're working on our 11th year now. So what I want to do is just take a minute and read her wonderful short bio. Y'all hang in there with me and then we're going to get started and she's going to tell us her story. So Stephanie D. Miller, an African-American woman born in the South, found herself as the first and or only in every room. In those rooms, she was a student, consultant, educator, director of sales, speaker or mentor, moving from one new opportunity to another until everything came to a crashing halt. Literally, a crashing halt. Hang on to that thought. What could have been the end of a successful life was the event that propelled Stephanie to reorient, retool, and repurpose her propensity for resilience into a new business adventure as a psychotherapist, relationship and leadership communication strategist, and certified CDR coach. And she's going to tell us what that is a little bit later. Not because I want to know. I don't know what CDR is. Those 25 years of experiences transformed her. A good listener. She's a great listener. Sharp observer, people reader, compelling communicator, breast cancer advocate, We want to know more about that. And an empathetic champion for those who are ready to level up and thrive. And here we are. We want to level up and thrive. So, Stephanie, welcome and thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, it is my pleasure, my friend. Oh, this is just one. I'm so glad we're getting ready to do this. So, I love your story. So, let's just get into it. So, yeah, just have a go with it. How did you get started? And and talk us through that. Okay, how did I get started? Okay, did we start from the end, the middle, or the beginning? I don't know. Well, let me see. Let's start this way. Um, If you think about the intro when I talk about being the first and only, uh, when I'm talking about the first and only, I'm talking about being the first and only black person in the room now officially called African-American. Um, I grew up uh, in that generation when we're just um, learning how to live together. I grew up in Houston, Texas. And um, I, even though I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood, went to our schools and our churches, I was always afforded the opportunity to just go beyond those borders and participate in a lot of activities. And that's where I ended up finding myself being uh, the first or the only to do a certain thing. 
Um, yeah, in, in some ways it was quite frightening, but uh, I benefited from the wisdom of my mother and my father, who um, were 18 years apart in ages. So just think wow, about it. Wow, yeah. Almost like having, yeah, it's almost like having a mama and a grandfather, you know, living in the same house. However, um, you know, with that special relationship like that, it... Uh, whenever things would happen, you know, yeah, of course, it was frightening sometimes, frustrating, very rewarding. I had uh, good memories, but there were when it, it always helped to be able to have someone that you could come home to and talk about things. Um, we call that processing now. Um, <laughs> so, so, same thing, you know, why did I end up going to college? Um, which, of course, I was in the minority again, um, but I did end up at um, a predominantly uh, black university because I married, had my first child during that process. So as a result of that, um, I became a teacher because I wanted to be able to spend time with, with my daughter. But another opportunity opened up and I was able to um, step into a position, a role that I, we didn't even know existed, and that's working as a, an educational consultant for uh, one of the largest uh, textbook publishing companies. That was, I guess you would say, the highlight of my life. I really did enjoy that because oh, wow. I had an opportunity to, to teach, to train, uh, to make uh, friends, build relationships, uh, and work with people at all different levels of, of education. Um, and it was during one of those trips and uh, opportunities where I was traveling home from a conference in um, in Texas. It rains a lot. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> but just enough drizzle to make tires slick and a car hydroplane and hit me head on, Lisa. Mm, mm. I'm talking about head on. And I found myself mm. um, just pinned behind the steering wheel of my car, air bagged up open, neck feeling wobbly, only to, after being um, cut out of the car and taken to a nearby hospital to stabilize, I found out that I had a C2 fracture. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, they call it bilateral because, you know, bones can, could either crack all the way through or, you know, just on one side. But it was one of those clean breaks. Um, and it usually kills you or leaves you paralyzed. And Lisa, neither one was, was to be my story. Uh, I think you've asked me before, would that be considered a miracle? Oh, yes. I am not going to deny my faith and what I believe uh, God's hand in that. And that was to spare me for a purpose. However, I did have um, additional extensive injuries, including uh, my left hip socket was crushed. So they had to repair it with um, screws and plates. And my right ankle was crushed. Now, I was stabilized um, because the accident happened midway between Austin 
in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. my home. Mm -hmm. And so, Lisa, what choice would you make? Honey, you we, go back, Houston, Houston. Yes, we go back to Houston. Yes. We go back to Houston. Yes, yes, yes. So I did end up going back to Houston uh, where there were only two hospitals that were, um, I guess, had the, had the skills in order to, to repair the surgery. So after 11 hours of surgery, I ended up having that ankle repaired as well as um, the hip. Now the neck was something different. I was slow healing. Uh, they could have had surgery, but I didn't want any more hardware. I didn't want any more surgery. So I opted to wear um, a neck collar for six whole months. Oh, wait, let me jump in. Let me jump in. So you did not have surgery. So I have a healthcare background, but you did not have surgery um, for your neck. You just had surgery on your hip and your not only, but it was 11 hour surgery, 11 hours mm -hmm. for your hip and your, your ankle, but mm -hmm. they allowed, they, they, you wore a collar for embrace, I'm sure, and everything for six months. Is that correct? With no surgery? Yep. That was my choice. Wow. Yeah. There were a couple wow. of times okay. in which they really, they, um, you know, really considered it because, you know, I'm glad you have a health background because with that, injury there was no way in the world that collar ever came off you know mm -hmm. uh, and uh, i mean i had my ct scans with it on you know i showered with it on you know everything uh but the healing process took quite a quite a bit of time and so uh, the doctor did ask you know that was something that he put forward uh the fact that they could go in and do the surgery and i said nope i said i had no choice with the other two and i just did not feel as though i wanted to go under anymore for that and i'm glad i did lisa because as a result um my hip uh so it doesn't bother me as much only when my ankle which is always painful if when i overcompensate then i throw my hip off and then that's when i generally feel the most pain and as a result um after almost 15 years now i'm going to have uh, ankle fusion surgery because the pain is just too much when you wake up in the morning and it's swollen and you have the pain and you know pain medication doesn't help much i think it's time to say let's get this thing repaired yeah so. yeah yeah and you and i talked about it. it's coming up soon I, I have a question how long was it before after the accident before you took your first step again <laughs> that's funny um i thought that i was just going to be able just to pop on up and start walking because i actually started therapy in the hospital and therapy for me was just learning how to roll over Mm -hmm. then learning how to push up, then learn how to scoot to the chair. So I had a therapist that came to my home and I said, oh, you get to walk today. No, ma'am, walk meant just learning how to stand up on those legs. And I didn't know that I would lose all of um, not just muscle tone, but muscle memory. So let's see. Let's see if that's February. Easter was in April that year. So... 
let's see, February, March, April, May. I don't know. It might have been closer to June. Wow. Uh, before I was, and when I say step now, remember that's with the walker, mm -hmm. you know? And I had to, it actually it took me uh, pretty much the whole year to get to the point where I didn't have to use any assistive devices. Because, wow. Because I started with the um, wheelchair. Well, no, first of all, my first appointments were via the ambulance, okay? And mm -hmm. then uh, wheelchair, then walker, um, mm -hmm. and cane. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a long process. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a provider with me for the entire year as well. Wow. It, it was, a, it was wow. Uh, quite a bit of a recovery. Um so you yeah. wrote, you shared that story with us, and you wrote a book, and I forgot to mention it. But tell us about tell us okay. about what impact it had, and and what were your what did you help help us with from your experience? <laughs> well, um, the name of my book is Collision with Destiny: Experiences and Lessons in Faith. And actually, and that that book was pretty much. A more of a, a spiritual memoir because mm. I was able just to write down some of the things that happened and some of the lessons that came from it. Um, I remember one of the uh, the lessons that stick sticks with me more so is if you don't get up, you don't get better, and that's, mm. that's something that I learned from. Well, I say I gleaned it from one of the doctors. Um, the hospital I was in was a teaching hospital, so of mm -hmm. course, you know, they have teams that rotate on and off. So one came to see me before uh, before he, you know, was reassigned. And so he he was just sitting there in amazement. Um, he said, oh, you got up? And I went, yeah. I went like, yeah, why wouldn't I get up? <laughs> and he said, people with, uh, with my injuries uh, tend not to get up and I said what I said you told me to and he said I said well what happens if they don't and he said well if you don't get up you don't get better and I went wow wow so I took that as a challenge mm -hmm. to kind of just go through the process and and knowing that yes you know there would be so pain uh, you know some pain mm -hmm. and i said i tell you what i'll make a deal with you if you manage my pain uh i will do my best and i'll just go through the process uh mm -hmm. it's interesting I, I don't think i've ever shared that with you but i think in the back that also stayed in the back of my mind because later on when i uh, had to shift gears because you did say psychotherapist. I am now because mm -hmm. look, I couldn't run through uh, airports as quickly as I did before, <laughs> and so um, that always stayed in my mind because you know one of the uh, one of the licenses I have through the state of Texas is as um, a chemical dependency counselor, even though mm -hmm. that's not my primary one. But however. You know, I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. How many people are addicted to opioids? You know, people used to think it's more recreational drugs, mm -hmm. but a lot of people have addictions now uh, for medications what that were prescribed. And so I think 
uh, in hindsight, I was probably, I probably endured a lot more pain than I should have. Mm -hmm. uh, because, because it's like, well, you know, um, you know, I just didn't want to take advantage of things. But however, um, since then, I've, I had uh, breast cancer. And it was a very aggressive form. Yes, ma'am. Five years ago. Knock, knock. Triple negative. Very, very aggressive. Yes. And I have, you know, I have some some residual effects, which leave me in pain. And and my nurse practitioner looked at me and she said, okay, Stephanie, come on now. How do you feel when you take your medication? I said, oh, I feel better. You know, I'm able to, you know, do my work and I can function, you know, because pain tends to, you know, kind of grip me and, and paralyze me at times. And so mm -hmm. she looked at me and she said, you do not have an addictive personality. If the medication makes you feel better so you can function, take it. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Okay, so I think, um, well, I know my doctor has told me that I've really uh, endured about as much as I need to, and I mm -hmm. I agree with them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm getting ready to have that surgery, which is going to put me off of my feet some more, Lisa. <laughs> no way, fairy, for about six to eight weeks, Lisa. Can uh. you imagine? So, guess what? I'm going to use COVID to my advantage because I am going to what recuperate from this mm -hmm. while I COVID is going on. Mm -hmm. And the closer we are to 2021, you know, prayerfully, you know, our nation will be in um, a much better place than what we are today. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have two collisions with destiny you've had your, your car crash yeah. collision yeah. and then yeah. uh, you know a real collision with this triple what did you call it triple threat no triple no 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 it's, uh, it's, it's actually it's actually a thing it's mm -hmm. called okay you're a woman so mm -hmm. for all you women out there and i know you guys love lisa um all all breast cancer is not the same okay mm -hmm. uh just like Every tumor reacts differently, mm -hmm. so the treatments cannot be the same. So I'm just going to caution you right now, um, mm -hmm. if you ever know of anyone who's been diagnosed with it, just don't assume that, oh, you know how it's going to go. You do not. Um, and we women, you know, we have um, hormones in our bodies. There's progesterone and there's estrogen. Mm -hmm. Those are the primary ones that we know of, but then also there's a growth hormone that also affects how cells function in our body, and they call it HER2. That's just the, you know, the little acronym for it. Mm -hmm. So there are some breast cancers that respond. If you've ever heard of one, say, oh yeah, I just have to take a pill for, you know, five years or ten years, and that's about it, and that stops the cancer from growing. Mm -hmm. Well... So if it responds to estrogen, they'll call it estrogen positive, or progesterone, that's progesterone positive, or HER2, 
her two positive. So my little stubborn uh, tumor, which a part of it now is actually living in a mouse. Uh, my doctor says don't call it a rat, but it's a mouse uh -huh. at Baylor College of Medicine, helping them learn how to treat my uh, type of tumor because it didn't respond to any of it. So that's why my treatment was so, uh, I guess it's harsh or so, Lisa, help me, you're the wordsmith. It aggressive? Was so, um, aggressive? Yes, yes, aggressive, like the aggressive tumor. Yeah, duh. Uh, because they had to kind of throw everything at it, and thank God it did respond. However, it did leave me with some, you know, residual effects of the treatment. Mm -hmm. But as a friend of mine told me once, who had a mother that um, was victorious over cancer more than one time, uh, what's the alternative? So I'm glad I'm here because I know that there are many other women. Some have been friends and relatives who are not here uh, today because of uh, lack of knowledge, um, ineffective treatment, you know, fear. And for some, even just, hey, I just, you know, a matter of choice. But uh, I'm a fighter. I've got... Girl, I've got places to go, people to see, and things, things to, to do. do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just going to say, and, and it did not leave you any of this unmotivating or uninspiring. And I think that's why I just enjoy our relationship so much because you really, you just inspire me to keep keep moving through. So, yeah. So, I do want to ask you a question. I hope I don't put you on the spot. So, from the book, you had these ten maxims, and one was, you know, don't don't if you don't get up, you're not going to get better. And I think for I think we can both agree that is, if we don't get out of bed in the morning, get going, we're not going to get anywhere. So, mm -hmm. what is through all, through these things, and they're really evergreen. What's one more maxim that or learning that you took from the first one, the first collision? Um, that you used maybe in your second collision or maybe there was something different who knows well you know it's one thing that <laughs> it's so funny i remember one chapter in in the book says um when i talked about rest there's a scripture that says be still and know that i am god now be Still actually means what absence of what activity and sometimes that can even be a mental exercise and no I had to realize was not just um, head knowledge of who, who God is but also experiential which mm -hmm. I have uh, learned you know about God you know even looking at God looking in nature I mean, think about it with COVID, Lisa, with mm -hmm. people, when we got off the streets and, and you know, we didn't have all the cars going and the fumes and, and people were saying that they saw uh, the waters clearer, calmer, mm -hmm. um, uh, started seeing the animals deciding that, hey, guess what? Hey, I have a place on this earth, too. And I thought I had learned that lesson, Lisa, but you know what? I found myself getting back into old habits of being so busy on the run, on the move, doing things that 
that cancer just got me to the point where it just knocked me on my behind minute. I had to sit down. It was nothing I could do. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have my joy. You could see pictures where I was smiling. And that was a fake. That was from, from my heart. But the thing about uh, chemotherapy, it's a cumulative uh, process. You know, like I could start off, but like the more you have it, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, 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 the medication still stays in your body. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. the longer the time went, it's almost like, whoo, it's like, oh, this race is getting harder. And one of my uh, the effects that I have is chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. So... Whereas in the past, I probably, uh, even though, let's put it this way, uh, I wasn't immobilized because of broken bones. I was immobilized because of the mm -hmm. fatigue. Uh. And my husband, and my husband even asked me. He said, uh, he said, Stephanie, you this time, it's you seem a little bit different. He said, um, and. After the accident, several people came to my home and everything. Okay, now that's another thing when you're going through chemotherapy. You can't have a lot of people around you, okay, mm -hmm. because your immune system is weakened. And I really didn't feel like having a lot of people around me. And I told my husband, I said, no, I'm not as talkative because it seems this time instead of getting so much support from you know, people around me laterally, that this time I felt as though I had to rely more on God. So it was more of a, a vertical um, conversation. And yeah, so that was, it was a little bit different. Uh -huh. And so now that I'm at my five-year mark, because uh, generally with triple negative cancer, they said, uh -huh. um, if you can you know, say you reach that point, uh, that that magic number, even though we know no one, I it's my personal belief that no one controls any of that but God, uh, even though we can do everything we can to help support it. So that's why I'm going to be like you, my dear sister. <laughs> it's really time for me to transition to what? Plant-based. Plant-based. Yes. <laughs> now, now, I don't know if I'll be able to do 100% like you. I might end up being like a little pescatarian every now and then, you know, to get some additional uh, protein. Because mm -hmm. my body does kind of metabolize things a little bit different and um, differently. But um, I want to maintain my health. Uh, I want to, and I know how important it is even be healing from the surgery. Um, I had some wonderful uh, girlfriends uh, when I was going through uh, radiation because I ended up, I always wondered, I said, God, why did I have to have everything? You know, I had, had chemo before, then I had surgery, then I ended up having to have some more chemo because there was a little bit of it still left in the left node. And then, um, I had radiation and then chemo pills, but by that time, my husband who had been there with me through all of this, he only missed one appointment. Uh, had, by the time I had finished with radiation, I think he was just out of gas. 
but my girlfriends got together. Lisa, they had Aww. fresh food delivered to my home Aww. every week. You know, because, you know, I had talked to them. They knew how important it was for us to eat properly. So when I, when I, when I say women, you know, you want to live longer lives, healthier lives, and you know, Lisa, I'm sure, I, you know, I look forward to hearing you talk about <clears throat> how even just eating properly can uh, reverse some disease, which is true. Um, not only is diet, you know, okay, I mean, not okay, it's necessary, uh, which will affect your weight, keeping your, your weight in check. Mm -hmm. uh, we are built to move, so exercise is a portion. And then the other thing is uh, our mental health, you know, mm -hmm. stress reduction. And mm -hmm. so, and so you're you're my key. Look, you are my key. You are my, I can't call you a nutritionist. I'll call you my what? My, uh. Your, your healthy friend that wants to help you. How does that sound? <laughs> oh, okay. That's good enough. But I was trying to find a fancy title. Uh, no, I just want to, yeah. just want to yeah. help. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have two questions for you and they're, they're kind of on different ends of the spectrum. Okay. Um, so, one, so you mentioned, so I'm gonna put, I've taken notes and I've got my fingers on my pages because as you talk, I'm like, that's great. I want to I delve more into that. So, um, so I want to kind of wrap up the piece on the first collision. You mm -hmm. said, um, and it really goes into the second, and then I want to know what you're doing now. But um, one of my favorite spiritual uh, passages is about being still and knowing mm -hmm. God and, and taking mm -hmm. that pause. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and if you don't, this might be too much. I don't know, it might be too much for the audience. They might shut off now. But, um, don't you know, shut off, y'all. <laughs> don't no, shut off. This, this is the good stuff. All right. This is the good stuff. So, um, you know, one thing you did mention to me in, in our conversations in the past is that with the first collision, that it re really let you know for sure there's a God and that he loved you. And then, so, so mm -hmm. what does it feel like when you know God and you know he's with you? Kind of what is that? What is that? Can, would you mind describing that to us a little bit before I go to the second question? Okay. Um... <laughs> For me personally, and um, it's knowing that I'm not alone. It's um, having a life of hope, you know, and we mm -hmm. need that. God knows we need that every day. Mm -hmm. Because if I did not know that there was a God, then I would, I'd be afraid to, to leave my house, you mm -hmm. know. You know, with everything that I see on television, um, with the things that have happened with health, you know, even uh, I've seen people who don't have the hope, don't have that faith, that don't have that lifeline. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is for me. And also, um, I think I told you one time that right after the first accident, I think my overwhelming emotion and just thought out of all of it was the fact that not only did I know that there was a God, for sure, uh, but also that he loved me. Mm. Okay, or she, people out there, okay? Come mm -hmm. on, God is bigger mm -hmm. than that. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that I was loved, and I knew that mm -hmm. as long as I 
um, was still remaining here on this earth and this realm that there was uh, not only more work for me to do because mm -hmm. I, I try not to think in terms of work anymore because that'll you know trigger my busyness things but I just know that they're like like I said before there are more connections more people to see you know mm -hmm. more um, things that I have to have to do so that's what I see I see hope okay I mm -hmm. see a sense of purpose I know that um, I feel that I'm just one person in a big 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that really leads me then into the next question is because I don't know, maybe I, I, I think I might be totally making this up, but you know, sometimes when we, when our head gets in the way and we don't feel loved and we feel alone, mm -hmm. um, that really dwells on us. I know people, you know, through this COVID has, have had this, you know, potentially mm -hmm. happen to them, but Thinking about your 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 next phase was about what what compelled you to become a psychotherapist from a teacher. Well, you were a teacher before, and now you're a psychotherapist. Yeah, and and I think in a way, a psychotherapist is a bit of a teacher as well. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, but you know, during that process of of learning to walk all over again, I I was fortunate enough to have a fighter. Well, it was several providers, but there was one in general that stayed with me uh, to the end of that that year. And um, people would come over to cheer me up and bring things. And one day, she just told me she she made an observation. She said, "You know, people came over here and they're supposed to be cheering you up, and you end up helping them. Uh, you know, because they would ask me questions or something." And, um, and she said, you could, get, you could get paid for that. And I went, no, no, that's just a Christian thing to do. And then I thought about it. I said, well, whoa, what am I going to do here? You know, I can't do what I used to. And um, I just sit there. Um, I can't say I prayed. It was more like, uh, I think, in, in some meditative moments. And I reflected on where I had been and uh, it was just a matter of connecting the dots because I had already been um, I was taking a sabbatical from from another master's program and guess what I transferred my hours to a school in Houston and became what a licensed therapist so yes I can make money uh, in addition to look, look, money to support my mission of helping other people, mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's how I got to. I don't know what do you call this phase? What in my life? I don't know. <laughs> look, look, this this new thing, this mm -hmm. new me. Yes, and I really do. I can't tell you, I enjoy it. I really do know that I am doing what I'm supposed to do. Supposed oh. to do. Yeah. So, and what a wonderful even you know even during this COVID, you can just keep going, and everything's virtual now. Yes. And, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. And I had I had seen like some long lasting people face to face just every now and then, mm -hmm. but uh, my <laughs> my my surgery is really having me to uh, shift to one hundred percent virtual. 
Uh, now we'll tell you in the busyness. I have mm -hmm. a doctor that asked me, Stephanie, how much time are you taking off? And I kind of stumbled. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thinking that, oh, yeah, you know, hey, virtually I can do. And it's like, no, I need to rest. I need to let my body recuperate. So, hey, pray for me. I said I'm going to take two weeks off. <laughs> I probably will take longer than that. You know, uh. I know somebody's going to squeeze in. Don't tell them. <laughs> squeeze in. But, yeah, I, I, I really do have to. Uh, be very, very careful of uh, mm -hmm. guarding my heart, setting boundaries, mm -hmm. and not just giving more than what I have to give. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Being still, allowing time for your body mm -hmm. to heal. This is this is it. This is the last one, right, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I got it. Listen. If you haven't heard from me, uh oh, she's too busy. What are you doing, girl? Checking your room. Yes, ma'am. Keep me accountable, okay? Oh, I will do that. So, and you're also a public speaker. That's actually how we met. And yes. you're a full-fledged, you have a, and tell us your website. What is your website and how to find you? Okay, for those of you who uh, reside in my state and want professional work, that's stephaniedbillercounseling.com. But for the rest of you, who would like to benefit from just a few years of uh, look experiences, look successes, and oopsies? Uh, I can be found at realconversations.com. Meaning that in this world and our connections with people, we need to be what relatable, empathetic. There's that word again, but I said it long before these last few months, okay? Authentic, just be who we were put here on this earth to be, and language sensitive, because words do matter. Yes, yes. they have power. Mm -hmm. they, words do matter. Yeah, and I want to share something from your bio, um, and I wasn't sure exactly where to put it, but... Uh, I thought, well, it's going to come into play, and I, you know, I love alliteration, Stephanie. Communication, mm -hmm. character, change, crisis, and connection are what Stephanie Master developed, encountered, conquered, or engaged in no apparent order. How has the unexpected real-life occurrences affected you? And I think that leads mm -hmm. me into a next question as we wrap this up. I have two for you. Um, what's kind of what would you tell words of wisdom? What what would you say to those who are having those oopsies or those down dark places that you know life just gives us those sometimes? You know that they give us dark places to go. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. and what what would you tell those who might be in their dark place or oopsie? Okay, the first thing I would say is don't go through it alone. We were never meant to go through life alone. I would say that someone who has a tendency to be introverted like I am, you have to come out of uh, your shell to connect with people, uh, to shed some light on that. And then also know that as long as you have breath in your body, there's an opportunity for things to turn around. It's a process. You know, process is not always comfortable, but necessary. And then there's always, but there's always the time where, guess what? You could put period in it. It comes to an end, no matter how painful it is. 
Sometimes you have to put a period on it. I like that. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you have breath, you have opportunity. So I'm, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So what what jazzes you up in the morning? What gets you going, Stephanie? Me? Yeah. What jazzes me up? What jazzes you up? Well, okay. Jeremiah jazzes me up. That's the one does. He just makes my heart go pitter-patter. I just love that boy. And um, the other thing is just the fact that I do wake up in the morning. Because <laughs> huh. too many people don't, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I love sunshine. Okay, and I think it's mm. because, what? It's light. To me, just the sunshine gives me hope that I feel warm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, there's brightness. That jazzes me up more than anything other than um, a family who I love and some really good music. Ah. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I can't wait to dance again. See, see, my husband and I, we were like, you know, when you go to a party, you know, we oh honey, we know if a uh, if a good some good songs came on, it's like back to back at least back to back. We were good for like four or five dances, but uh, this ankle was kind of slowing me down a little bit. So I can't wait for some good music and some good dancing. How about that? <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm I'm hoping you and I will have that up. The four of us can get together and we can dance. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's right. Because I know you love dancing too. Yes, I love yes, yes. Too. Oh, it's going to be great. So, mm -hmm. what is what is something maybe I didn't ask or cover that you really want people to know or leave with? Well, I think the only thing um, because once when I talked about relationships and. Um, uh, I said leadership communication strategy, uh, strategies. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all leaders, okay? Mm -hmm. And even if we're leading no one but ourselves, okay? And what we say to ourselves oftentimes is more important than what others do for some people. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, I... I I say every day when you wake up, affirm yourself. You know, we can't always wait on other people to affirm us. What do I mean by that? Recognize uh, the good in you. Recognize the accomplishments. Recognize your dreams. Recognize um, your accomplishments, you know? And just talk to yourself, encourage yourself, you know, especially and I think that's even more important now in COVID, you know, where, mm -hmm. whereas a lot of people are forced to uh, limit their connectivity with other people. And my mom used to have this, um, she used to have this saying, she said, you know, sometimes, girl, you just have to toot your own horn. <laughs> you know, because some people, <laughs> some people... You know, some people won't do it. Now, I think, uh, nowadays, 2020, uh, what she was saying is, like people said, okay, sometimes people would try to dim your light. So you just let your light shine, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what I said. Let your light shine. You know, you weren't given that light, that purpose, that that's within you just to keep it hidden. So 
that's where that 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 leadership comes from. You have to lead yourself sometimes. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it reminds me of the song. Let what's that little the song we sing over to it? Let your child. This a lot of mine. This yeah, a I'm lot of mine. <laughs> Yes, I'm so, gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let, let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh gosh, Steph- right. Stephanie, this has just been magnificent. I'm so glad we were able to connect and get you on as my first guest. Oh, I'm um, Yeah, it's thank just you. thank you for sharing your story of hope and resiliency, and you know just being still but keep going get up all just wonderful things that that i know that are out there and the words that you have to help others with your book and then also just to kind of wrap this up tell us one more time uh, if people want to find you how do we find you you can find me at realworldconversations.com or stephaniedmiller.com how about that I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. With that, we will close out. We're going to wish everyone a wonderful day and to get out and shine your light. How about that? I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been wonderful. Thank you. So that's a wrap for today. We have so enjoyed you being with us. I hope you learned something new, got some inspiration, and you are ready to move forward with your own new season. Remember, we are living life at any age. Take some time to visit the other social media sites. Give us some feedback. Shoot me an email on Facebook. And remember, until then, stay safe and keep on living. Cheers.